Early morning wake-ups, bodies not our own, hormones awry, cuddles for days. We are the champions of tiny humans. We are the givers of love even when we have nothing left for ourselves. We are the warriors and survivors of tantrums and meltdowns. Yeah, our own too. We are the deliverers of sustenance, whether from our own bodies, from a can, from organic leafy greens, or from frozen prepared or boxed preservatives. This early parenthood thing is a beast. It's amazing and insane, and it leaves us both full and empty in the same moment. As a mother of two tiny humans myself, I'm also in the trenches. As a pediatric speech-language pathologist, I carry with me a few extra tools for connecting with tiny humans. It is a crazy time for sure. Now here's the thing, when we understand more about how infants and toddlers learn and develop, we do feel more empowered to do the big job of parenting tiny humans. Here's the secret sauce. You don't have to buy anything to support your baby. You don't have to spend money, time, and energy you don't have to support your baby. So in this episode, I'd like to share two conversations I had with new parents who have recently joined the ranks of parenthood. The first is Lisa Dow. She's a nurse practitioner and the mother of a three-month-old. And the second is Katie Pelletier. She is a journalist and the mother of a 12-month-old. Both found the book Understanding Your Baby, and both have utilized it throughout their experience of motherhood thus far. And I wanted to share with you their experiences, their ideas, and their opinions on how to find baby development activities by age and what helped them feel better, feel more empowered, and feel more confident that they are doing the job that they can. So you said your baby is three months old. Almost three months. He's 11 weeks this week. And then if you could just tell me the story of how you came upon the book, because it's... (laughs) Yeah, so I work with Dr. Wu in Los Altos. I'm a nurse practitioner. So I think a few weeks before I went on leave, she was like, hey, you should read this. You know, uh, she said she flipped through it. She said she thought it would be a good resource since I'm a new mom and she thought it would be useful. So my mom actually had a daycare before she retired. So she was in child development. So she was helping me the first eight weeks. So she flipped through it. She was like, oh, you know, she really used a lot of the resources I used when I was in school. You know, it was mom approved. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't mom have, and I, professional yeah. approved. Yeah, that's yeah, great. So it was great. So we, you know, I would try to different things every weekend. It's hard to kind of like look up because I'm not a peds NP. So I, I don't remember from school, like what the different steps. So it was just nice to have something where okay, I feel like I'm doing something for his development. I'm not just caring for him. I'm, you know, I'm using the stuff around me to, to help him grow or develop. So it's kind of neat because you had it actually from day one. Yeah. Um, which I think is unique because, of course, some people find the book while they're still pregnant and sort of flip through it and then mm-hmm. they can use it from day one. But, of course, so many people, if they're gifted it and then they just have it, it's like, yeah. I think oftentimes we're not really looking in those early days, especially for yes. like, what can I do to support my baby's development, right? Because yeah. we're just trying to like keep survive alive <laughs> and <Yeah>. ourselves. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I mean, I was reading Baby 411 before I gave birth. It was more like, what do I need to know if he's sick or 
if this happens or xyz but then not really so much i didn't really read the development part because i was like okay i just need to survive and see i didn't even read that part until i read your book so and then reading your book i already kind of knew what to expect so yeah so it was sort of like before you even asked the questions you had yes that sounds really nice i wish that's why i wrote it because <laughs> yeah. i wish i had that <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. What were the circumstances that preempted you even picking the book up? I was reading a lot before I gave birth, but you know, again, mostly like baby 411 and like breastfeeding was my main concern. But then when she gave it to me, I was like, okay, it's one more book I had to read. But then it was useful because, you know, when you're tired and sleepy, you read two pages and you're good for the week, right? And so it was actually nice to read it while I was going through the weeks, not really in advance. Now that I had a baby, Every Monday I would pick it up. I'm like, okay, what's going on this week? And then I would try out the suggestions. So I would just read a few pages in. That way I don't, I guess I don't really have a lot of time <laughs> to read yeah. ahead. But then every week it was something to look forward to. Yeah, but, and that's sort of the whole point, right? Because literally you read one to two pages and yeah. that's it. That's all you need for the entire week. Yeah, it's very concise. Yeah, that's nice. So it was sort of just like a weekly ritual that you sort of started for yourself? Like you said, every Monday? That's so cute. Yeah, very like a weekly ritual. And then I, we started listening to the podcasts. If he's awake and then, you know, I've already you know read books to him. So we'll do the... I mean, he, he smiles when he hears your voice. So it's, it's nice. That's so nice. Yeah. <laughs> like on cue, you know, when you start seeing, he's like... Oh my god, that's, this is this is a good activity because you run out of things to do, right? I feel like with a baby, so exactly. Yeah. And it's good that I could do that with him, not just okay. Now he's done for a nap. I need to listen to the podcast. That's awesome. Yeah. What have been some of your favorite episodes or episodes that helped you most so far? I've only listened to a couple, but the one I think the zero to six, and then the mul- raising a child in a uh, multilingual because I speak. To, I'm, I'm Filipino and Chinese, so I speak Tagalog, my husband speaks Mandarin, and we speak English to each other, so then I didn't really know, you know, I don't know how to approach it, and as far, you know, I want to speak to him in Tagalog, but I speak English too to my siblings, so it's, you know, it's been a challenge, but, and my husband, you know, speaks in English to him, but I'm like, no, you need to speak in Mandarin, so just trying to figure that out, or like, what are the first few steps that we could take, or what other people, have, you know, the couple that was in your podcast, that was really useful. Yeah, they, I thought they had some, some wonderful, concrete suggestions and just yeah. insight. Yeah. yeah. Oh, good. And then the other one you mentioned was the, like, communication in the zero to six months realm. Yeah, the zero to six months, yeah. Did you come upon those specific episodes because of the book, because of the sort of reference to them in the book? Yeah, yeah. Can you tell me, like, what are one or two specific things that you've done or changes that you made because of things that you read in the book? So lying down next to Addison's my son, Addison, and then taking turns. So if he's saying something, then I imitate what he's saying or, or wait for him to finish and then I'll, you know, talk to him. So that was interesting. And then I think earlier on there was, I had like gift wrap paper, right? And then putting that on his feet and then you know he he kicked you know just just when we're sitting down you know he's kicking and he realizes oh okay I'm making that noise I think the mirror holding a mirror just using the mirror to so he can see himself and then the rituals I think that was for this week so and routine so we started getting into routine a little bit earlier on but then this week I'm really trying to get him in a better routine so then 
saying if it's morning time, you know, I say, okay, it's morning, look outside, we'll, we'll look outside. Or if we're changing a diaper, singing a song before I do the diaper change every yeah. time. Oh, so nice. So just the little, little more yeah. little things. Yeah. And then ha- can you just think, what are the sort of top of just a few words that come to mind about how having something like this, having the book, Mm-hmm. sort of makes you feel or how that makes it different sort of the experience I mean granted you've had it since the beginning so. yeah, yeah. But how does access to the book make you feel and what is that like I think you know it makes me feel better because again you know we're just trying to survive right but at the same time I know I'm doing something to support his development makes me feel better every week mm-hmm. I'm not just oftentimes you're just so tired you know you want to put because I have a niece sometimes I think when my sister gives up okay just watch some tv you know I, I don't know what else to do with you uh, I don't know if that's a great example, but I feel like I'm doing something to, okay, you're just a baby, you can't really do much, but then it's nice that I know I'm doing something appropriate for his age to help him grow. Because mm-hmm. again, there's not much I can do, right? And I don't know if I can really be creative myself to think of ways to support him. And I think with the access that we have with social media, you know, oh, this is the thing to get, right? This is the thing to buy. You need this, you need that. And then as a new parent, you're like, okay, well, I guess I got to get that. But then you end up just accumulating so much stuff that, you know, I just, I mean, where am I going to put it? I have a small house, you know, I can't always buy everything. And then it might not really be useful, you know, you kind of get into the hype. But then if I can use this stuff around me, right? I think the post that you had today, the the milk, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, yeah, why do I have to buy flashcards, I guess? Exactly. Yeah. I had an Instagram post today about on the milk container, you can use a picture of a cow, literally cut it out and you have two pictures of cows. One's big, one's small. It's a matching activity. It's an opportunity to use like a little visual puppet even. I mean, it's like literally just a piece of cardstock or something. Yeah. So it's made me, I think, think outside of the box, you know. Uh, I I mean, it's hard to think right now. So it's nice that you have ideas that you could tell me, but then it's made me think more about, okay, then I can use this, I could use that. I don't have to buy X, Y, Z. You know, we have a play mat and it's been great, but I have so many other things here. And I guess with my niece too, when I watched her, you know, she would be fascinated with Tupperware and boxes, you know, like why do we even buy toys? Exactly, yeah. Like it's lovely to have them because then there's different kinds of textures or different things that are different colors. But, But yeah, we have to remind ourselves that it's literally, we already have, all of the tools yeah. that we need to support our babies we just have to figure out how to use them exactly and i think before i didn't really know how to i didn't really connect the dots oh you can use this you can do that but i think in essence the book makes me feel better that i'm, I'm doing something so he can develop and not just you know like change his diaper and feed him and talk to him I mean, there's other things i could do yeah and they're really basic and they take a second of your time exactly and you'll be able to do them too when you go back to work when is that happening and not till january so okay. yeah so i'm taking all the time my mom had her child development books but i donated them because she lives in the philippines mm. she was like why would you donate i'm like i don't know so i started looking and i'm like well why do i need that i mean i have this book it's concise i don't have time to read a textbook. I really don't have time to do anything, you know, so. Right. And the book has all of the references, right? So if you wanted to go and find the article or whatever, the book that's cited, then you can. Yeah. You can. Yeah. I mean, you're doing all the work for me, so it's yeah. great. <laughs> right. My parent doesn't want that. Yeah. Yeah. And when I go back to work, you know, it's going to be crazier. So then I, I still have something that I could do that doesn't take up time. So. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks so much, Thank Lisa. You. Talk to you soon. Okay, bye.
Okay, so I've got Katie Pelletier. And Katie, how many children do you have? How old is or are your children? Yeah, so I have one child, Adrian, and he just turned one on Sunday. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) Well, since I know that you read the book, Understanding Mm -hmm. Your Baby, I would love to just know a little bit about, okay, number one, like how you came upon the book, how old Adrian was when Mm -hmm. you found or started reading the book. I came upon the book from probably Facebook, senior posts. That was, I, I think, the way. And actually, I probably came upon your posts before the, the book. So I think I was maybe looking at your podcast or things that you had posted. And then when when did the book come out? It, it seemed like it came out in the spring or... Yeah, it was May. May, okay. So yeah, I didn't get it until then. So Adrian was probably about six months old or seven months old. But early on, your posts were so helpful. As I said in my review that I like kids, I've been around kids. I really didn't expect that moment after having him of not knowing how to play with him. And I realized that it's because when I've been able to be around babies, they were often a little bit older. And so it was easier to watch what they were interested in and interact with them based on that. And with the newborn, it was a little more He was just not giving me those cues that I expected. And I I knew that there was a lot of processing going on and I wanted to support that. And so I was really relieved to find some ideas. As I said, in the, the books that I had been reading, they would be like, talk to your baby. And, you know, these very broad, general statements about what to do. And so having like the recipe and some ideas and some real specifics, say these kinds of things was really helpful. So then when the book came out, I was really excited to download the book when it was available and, you know, found similar activities and things for his age at that point. So what are some of the feelings that you were experiencing before you had it? I think I felt like I might be letting him down, like, you know, this this sort of anxiety of, like, a low-grade anxiety of I should be doing something that I'm not doing. Not shoulds. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. And confusion, maybe, about where to find resources. The internet is such a fire hose of information, and I just found so much of it really disappointing as I said, you know, either really general advice, advice written, I don't want to be (laughs) insulting. But just dumbed down, essentially. I think that's what you said, because you wrote this beautiful review in our alumni magazine of the book. And one of the things that you said, which I really appreciated, was that you, you could find things like a textbook or something that was just like, really dumbed down. Yeah, exactly. And and I was really looking for that week by week ideas because he, he was changing so fast. So yeah, the, the things that were really dumbed down in general, you know, they would cover huge swaths, zero to three months, talk to your baby. Or it would be, you know, a paper that was like, the effect of making clicking sounds on infants at week seven through nine. You know? <laughs> right. Great, I got clicking sounds. <laughs> you know, it would just be too much to wade through in the middle of trying to nurse and figure out how to be a mom in all these other ways. Yes. So I think that having a book, I also mentioned how much I appreciated those 
footnotes. So because it, it gave me the confidence, I didn't have time to read through the published material, but if I'd wanted to, it was there. And it, I used to teach writing classes. And so we would talk about credibility of the, the writer. And that just gave me such uh, faith, I guess. Um, faith is not exactly the word, but in, in your ability in, or in, in you as a writer to have, like really done your homework, not just regurgitated a few things that you saw on the internet and repackage them, which was so much of what I was looking at prior. Yes. Yeah, that's well said. I loved the word you used just a couple minutes ago, which was that the internet is such a fire hose. Because it's true. It's like, you know, you you t- type in a search term and it's like, Bleh. you know, like literally it's just so much. And it is. It's that idea of wading through stuff when what you're trying to do is like, Figure out how to be a mom, like you said, and figure out how, what on earth is happening to your body. Right. (laughs) And whether, like, what's happening to your child's body is supposed to be happening. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, I'd had a C-section, so which I had not anticipated. And I hadn't expected what you said about trying to navigate what's happening to your body. And, you know, there's just so much going on and it feels like such a critical time. So getting back to that should, those shoulds loom large when you're managing all these other things. They, they feel very heavy on top of everything. I'm curious to hear, because you mentioned earlier that sense of like having a newborn, I know that there are things that I'm supposed to be doing or that I could be doing, but I don't know how to do it with a newborn. I know how to do it with maybe an older baby. What were some of the circumstances that sort of preempted or made you think of those things? Can you recall that? And like, at what point were you starting to look for stuff? Hmm. Probably, I mean, very early. Very early, I think. You know, we had we had like a little play mat for him to lay on with things dangling from it. And, and so I think at about the moment that I saw him really start to observe that and, you know, it was just like at first it's so he sleeps, he eats, he sleeps, he eats. And then there were these... I began to observe longer periods of wakefulness and and him watching me and, and, and beginning to respond to his environment. And, you know, we had fallen in a routine really quickly. I mean, you're trying to get stuff done around the house and, you know, do the laundry. And we foolishly also decided to remodel our kitchen like weeks before oh, the baby wow. was born. I, I say remodel the kitchen. We have an old fixer upper house, so it was never in a completed state. We decided to make that final push completing. It. So, and I think that what triggered it was this feeling that, oh, these in between when he's sleeping and eating, these are moments to, to capitalize on it, rather than just to him laying in his bassinet and looking at the light around him. I mean, it just seemed like, I, I guess I'm very curious and, and bookish, you know, so whatever I do, I, I want to know all the things about it. <laughs> and so I, I really wanted to know that, you know, what it was happening with him, one, what was going on in his mind, what sort of developmental processes were at work, and two, what I could do to make him be this smartest little guy, most emotionally well-balanced little guy that I could help him be. (laughs) 
So, so those were, that's when it, it triggered me to, to seek stuff out. I remember, I think one of the very first activities that I brought, because I've incorporated so many that it's, as I was reviewing your book before this call, I was like, oh, I got that from this book. Oh, that came from this book. I, I hadn't even realized. And so one of them was putting him in tummy time. So that was a big moment too, when he started doing more tummy time and your idea to set up things for him to look at. And it seems so simple, but it's so surprising how at the time, like, I just, I didn't even think of that. And it was such like, oh, yeah, he might like stuff very close to him that he can see. And so um, putting up a mirror or flashcards. Uh, and then the other thing was um, some songs and finger games that I could do with him. And, and those were, I think, some of the first things I, I got. Nice. So it sounds like there are several sort of specific changes that you made because of the book but because of things that you read so little little things like that are there any other changes that you made or changes in the ways that you were thinking about him let's see i think broadly as i mentioned i it was it was interesting to look at the book again and see how much i had absorbed so i do think that key was your underwriting philosophies about not feeling like I needed to go research the best products, but to use what I had already. And, and so that gave me a lot of confidence to not even rely on a book or, or such, but to just be curious and inventive about the things that I already had. So one aspect of our redoing our kitchen is that we took out all the cabinet doors and so he could crawl in and out of the cabinets. And of course, removed anything dangerous but I you know I had the confidence to say well if it's not dangerous he's welcome to play with whatever and yeah <laughs> so he is he loves crawling in and out of the cabinets and finding things and and so you know feeling comfortable that that was enough toys for him you know that was fine and and supporting his development I didn't need to steer him towards the blocks or you know some other plastic developmental toy that I had ordered off Amazon <laughs> so <laughs> I would say it, what it gave me was a lot of confidence to borrow your philosophy of, of just using what we already had and it gave me a new way of thinking about what we already had in the house and two as far as how I regarded him was also to respect his interest what he gravitated towards and that he you know to regard him as sort of the the expert in what he needed for his development instead of trying to find that other places but to use observation as the guiding principle it's such a total reframe of not only what it is to interact with a young baby but also what it is to be a parent you know yeah. of, a, of a baby of this age right mm -hmm. So you found the book when he was about six months, which technically is, you know, halfway through right. the use of it. But yeah. obviously it sounds like you still feel that it was extremely useful. Yeah. What are some, like, how do you feel now? How are things different for you now? And, in, and now also in approaching his second year of life, what yeah. are you going into that with? Hmm. <laughs> Big question. <laughs> <laughs> I think that... Let's see. Meaning, how am I approaching motherhood differently now than I, I did yeah. in the first yeah. week? I'm sure there's a lot that's the same. <laughs> 
I mean, in that there, there's this often a sense of, you know, I could have been better prepared for this. I could have read more books in advance of this and I'm just winging it. But I think that I feel more, I feel more relaxed. I feel more confident. I know where the good resources are um, to find what I need. And that is, that's really a good feeling to me because as I said, at, at first I just, I was really stunned. I remember my sister when she had a baby, she didn't have any books around. And, and it's a joke in my family, you know, that I love books. If anything involves books, I love it. <laughs> and that I reach for books for everything. But I, I was so stunned that she just didn't read many baby development books because she's a researcher too. I mean, she likes to look things up. And, and after I had Adrian, I got it because it just was so hard to find quality information. And it was, you had so much else to do, but I was really stubborn about looking. So I do feel like your book was really invaluable to me. And that feeling that I didn't have to just wade through 900 pages to have confidence that I was getting good information was, was really great. So I would say you asked what's different now is that confidence both that I know where to find the information when I need it and that I know a lot of stuff you know that I, I, having a governing philosophy allows me to wing it in a way that I, I feel is less haphazard but more just a nice balance to my parenting style yeah well that's really nicely said because I think if you asked like 10 parents in a room, what's parenthood like? They'd be like, yeah, I mean, I just, I don't know. I just wing it all the time. But I think it's true. Like we all feel that way. We all, it doesn't matter how much you know about anything or how little we all feel that way because as you said, our babies and our children are constantly evolving as humans. That's what are doing. But yeah, I think when you have a governing philosophy, as you said, and you have some basic information about those facts, right? Those tiny important facts. But when you have just this, these nuggets of information about how humans develop all over the world, regardless of socioeconomic status, regardless of culture or, or linguistic background it this is the way that humanity emerges and that gives you a, a little bit more of a basis for for where to go from there yeah awesome katie thank you so much for sharing your experience and your thoughts with us and absolutely uh, it was my pleasure yeah and thanks for writing a great book thank you thank you so much for listening to this special episode of the Strength and Words podcast. And if you are interested in learning more about the book, Understanding Your Baby, you can find it on Amazon and you can find more information about the book at strengthandwords.com slash understanding your baby. Thanks so much for listening and see you next time.